Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Well, good morning, folks. This is Dave Thompson. It is shortly after 10 a.m. on a Monday morning. It is the, well, it's the second Monday of the month of March. It is Monday the 9th. As you know, we have a lot going on in our environment today. And here at the podcast, Beyond Clean with Ace, we talk about everything that's healthy, positive, and proactive. So some of our message today is, well, the health issues that are going on and what we can do proactively to take care of our health. And if you were on uh, with us here about 10 days ago, we hosted a uh, workshop class, uh, virtual class with Daryl Hicks. Uh, Daryl, are you on the line with me? Morning, Dave. Uh, first Monday morning after the clocks changed, and uh, so I'm glad we got our times uh, correct, but uh, happy Monday. Well, that was, okay, I didn't realize that was going to be the first challenge of this Monday for everybody, but uh, yeah, we, we, we switched and we lost an hour for us older guys, and losing an hour of sleep is hard. You'll get back in the fall. Okay, all right, well, I'll have to wait, I'll have to wait till the fall to get it back. Um, you know, Daryl, I want to say thank you for, uh, you know, hosting or, or putting together the workshop that we did uh, sure. about 10 days ago. Yeah, the other thing is, is I don't know if you know this, Daryl, but uh, you know we recorded that, we put it onto our online campus, and at last check this morning, around 45 people have uh, reviewed that and taken that information. We want to thank all of you that have done that. We had um, probably around 30 people on the cast as we did it, so you know we're getting up to close to 100 people that heard the message. So, what are we going to talk about today? I mean, didn't we cover everything? Well, this is a constantly changing uh, scenario that we have, and uh, what I've noticed in the news cycle is there's um, a lot of fear out there, and still, and, um, you know, we haven't managed uh, this crisis very well, and it's like the doomsday scenario, and um, so... What I believe is bringing uh, facts and not fiction and education and not emotion. And we seem to have a lot of uh, misinformation out there or uh, lack of information when it comes to providing that clean, healthy environment that uh, that is necessary for not only the um, those who are uh, infected with this COVID-19, but how many healthcare workers have you heard of being infected as well because of either uh, lack of knowledge about how to uh, 
to once you put on the PPE of how you keep yourself safe. And part of that is when, as you know, is when you take the PPE off that you don't contaminate clean uh, hands or um, other clean surfaces. So, you know, I'm concerned about the, the healthcare workers and, and you and I naturally are uh, concerned about those in the front lines of cleaning and disinfecting. And it's not just in hospitals, but it's, um, oh, I don't know what they're gonna do schools that, you know, no one's going to school for a month. And uh, I think that's going to continue. And there's a case here in St. Louis that just happened uh, over the weekend where a young 20 year old college student who lives here is, um, traveled back home. Uh, she'd been studying abroad and was in Italy, came back, uh, flew back to Chicago, got on the Amtrak and came to St. Louis. And then she started having symptoms and self-reported to the county health department. And um, so they were in contact with her and her family. And so they were all on board. Well, then the father of this girl takes her sister to a daddy-daughter dance Saturday night. And so he broke the protocol, and now, because they were infected, they don't know how many people have been exposed. I'm not saying infected, but, you know, think about the Amtrak train. And I know you, you're into buses and, uh, you know, the public transport. Um, you know, you and I both got the same alert today from Southwest Airlines, letting their passengers know that it's safe to fly and that uh, they're taking all the necessary st steps to keep um, keep their passengers safe. But there's a, you know, <laughs> there's a huge economic impact uh, caused by what is going on in the world. So you and I need to stay current with uh, what's, go what's going on and how we as cleaning and disinfection uh, professionals can help save lives. And uh, that's what we're here for. Well, to your point, Daryl, so let me, since we're talking about some facts, I did a little bit of research because you and I have talked about this, Daryl, for a very long time about these different things. And so uh, folks, COVID-19 is a strain of coronavirus, human coronavirus. I don't know if you know this by now, you probably should. If you don't, we're gonna tell you, influenza is a uh, coronavirus. And I did a little bit of research because some, I saw some things that, like all of us, we're seeing things all over the news and shows and stuff of the 1918 influenza outbreak, there were 500 million individuals that were infected. 50 million people died. The worst uh, death rate um, that they're saying uh, from an infection. Now that's 100 years ago, that's another form of a coronavirus, which um, I'm not going to list all of them, but norovirus is in there along with this. So you take and jump to now, uh, we're, we're talking annually, the influenza still infects 45 million people annually. And there's 
61,000 deaths annually from influenza. So what we're talking about here are viruses. Viruses are not something we're going to eliminate. We're only going to be able to do what we can. This is why we have the flu vaccine. It is not a cure. It doesn't kill. It allows us to live our lives and have some type of control. Now, one of the interesting things is you and I talked, Daryl, and you just said that the young person transported, they can still be infected, but the ones that have the severe symptoms uh, and are dying are the sick, the elderly, and the high risk. Now, I know that uh, because of my age, I'm getting close to what some people call elderly. I am in the high risk because I have COPD and I've had double pneumonia. So just getting the influenza is, well, a 50-50 shot of death. So yes, I have to pay attention to this, but does this mean that I wash my hand with instant hand sanitizer uh, 50,000 times a day? Well, Dave, my personal experience was I was at a conference last week <coughs> for two or a day and a half, and um, so we were all encouraged to, uh, you know, they put the wet wipes on the tabletops, and they were encouraging us to uh, disinfect our personal space there, and uh, of course, hand sanitizer was prevalent everywhere, and so I did a lot of, you know, it's kind of a social thing when you're out in a social setting that you wind up, uh, you know, kind of following the pack. Well, I was, by the end of the first day, my hands were burning from using the hand sanitizer. And I know that this affects other people too. And I don't think it's meant for this constant hand hygiene. Uh, you know, people are, uh, <laughs> complaining uh, loudly about how some companies are gouging them for hand sanitizer. I saw a on Amazon, it was one of those news items last week, but someone for a case of 12 one-ounce bottles of Purell was charging $143. So my question to you, Daryl, is, why are we hearing so much about hand sanitizer and yet I have not heard about anybody running out of soap? Nobody has <laughs> ran out of water. And, and, and these are the two universal cleaning agents, which we have been taught our whole entire lives. But for some reason, we're still not hearing the message. Well, soap and water is only half of that um that prevention strategy. The other half is spending enough time at the sink to do a proper hand washing and and you and I know that you know you got to go up past your wrist because of uh, you know the the spread of of uh, bacteria and what have you in the soil on your hands so it's not just you know fingers and thumbs it's uh you know, it goes higher on your hand than a lot of people uh, practice, and uh, it's spending the amount of time. And it's not that soap does anything other than loosens the soil, but then you have to go through the rinse cycle to thoroughly rinse them. And then I'm a proponent of paper towels that help not only dry, but anything left on your hands 
the towel will remove that whatever residual may be uh, survived from the hand wash uh, exercise that you just did. And a rule of thumb is the happy birthday song, you know, sing it to yourself a couple times and um, that's your 20 seconds. But I, what I see people do after using the restroom, uh, I only can speak for men. <laughs> I hope you can only speak for men, Daryl. I'm sorry. But it's just if they use soap at all, it's a five second hand wash and then they're grabbing a towel and pulling the door open with the towel and throwing the towel on the floor if there's not a waste basket there. You know, I got into a conversation with one of the clients that had watched our um, uh, class that we did about 10 days ago, Daryl, and uh, he was talking to me about the contaminated areas and stuff like this. And you bring up a couple of good points in, in what you just said. Um, and let me take them in kind of in an order, in a will, if you will. You know, you said wash above our wrist. Now, the thing he was talking about is he used to be a surgeon, and uh, when they went to scrub up, they had to scrub underneath the fingernails. And and we were talking about this, and I said, well, this is exactly the point. Where do you stop washing, uh, uh, you know, your hand and wrist? And my point to this was, do we always have on a piece of clothing when we cough into our elbow? And then how many times do we sit with our hands folded in our arms and then your hand now comes in contact with the elbow where you coughed into and then here we go again. We're not thinking practically what our own personal habits are. Where do I stop and where do I not, Daryl? Well, I think you have to use common sense and, um, you know, I think the, the frequency of hand washing is even more important than the how-tos, but, you know, I think that, and people, you know, even my wife asked me, should we buy antibacterial soap? And I said, no. I said, um, you know, the... What soap and water does and friction does is loosen that soil so that it gets removed with the rinse water. And uh, so antibacterial soap, unless you use it for the required, because most antibacterial soaps will save for at least 15 seconds uh, for it to be antimicrobial, I should say soap but um you know the fda has made a lot of these companies back off their antimicrobial claims because um again you know you and i know that if you use disinfectants at a higher dilution rate than is uh, required by the label if it's an ounce per gallon and you're putting a half ounce per gallon then you use that on a surface and what you're doing is um weakening a lot of uh, bacteria and not killing them and not removing them and then they can become uh, resistant to disinfectants. So so whenever we're talking about uh, removing contaminants, let's just say it that way, from our skin, our hands, whatever part of your skin that you're you're working on, it's simply a removal. It's not a kill factor and I think right. this is what you and I talk about all the time. We have to remove the food source. If we remove them from our food source, they can't live on our body. We can't transport them. 
So my point to this was, is, as I talked to this individual, I said, so you tell me, what is the protocol that I should use if I cough or sneeze? Now, I think you always like the difference between how far particulate travels in a cough and a sneeze. And I'm not going to go there yet, but the one th- what, what do you see as the one thing that is always missed in the protocol of how to cough and sneeze? Well, it is uh, the hand wash, you know, that if you sneeze into your sleeve and you said, you know, you cross your hands and, you know, you contaminate your hands, that uh, hand washing has got to be, as I said earlier, more frequent because of, um, you know, the other human factor in this is how many times you know an hour we touch our face you know the eyes the nose the mouth is uh studies have shown that we touch our eyes nose and mouth those mucous membranes that are entry points from contaminated hands of touching your face your nose you know eyes mouth um 19 times an hour and so it was interesting that one public health uh, <laughs> news conference last week, I think the lady uh, was briefing the press and talking about not touching your face. And she touched her face like three times while she was talking about <laughs> not touching your face. Well, and, this is, it's impossible for us to do not right, do, girl. It, it's just, it's, uh, it's an unconscious habit that we have. So, so my point to this individual was, if I cough or sneeze into a tissue and I throw the tissue away, the one thing I see that is lacking every time I look at any, anything that I'm seeing, and you correct me if I'm wrong, Daryl, is nobody says to wash your hands immediately. Correct. They correct. just say cough into it. And so, I mean, you know, hey, I got to tell you, I've done it many, many, many times in my life. I cannot tell you how many times that, well, there's something still left on my hand because it didn't stay in the tissue. Right, right. I, I think this is what we're talking about here, folks, is, is if you're listening to us today on this podcast, you've got to understand there's a lot of practical things that we can do or be aware of others doing so that we do not transfer that from them to us. I mean, uh, you, you know, the, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, Howie Mandel and his don't shake hands, do a fist bump. I'm not even sure I want to do a fist bump. I don't know where the outside of those hands have been either, not just the inside. Well, I think uh, these are all good points. And, uh, you know, it, it relates to not only cleaning hands, but cleaning surfaces that we have to remove the soil. And we have to do it during this season of the year. Uh, I think we have to do it more than once a day. Well, and we have to do this multiple times, and I think this is where you and I are talking. I just got through writing the bus protocol for student transportation, and it was interesting as I went back and did the research because you want to make sure that all of the education, Daryl, that you and I put out is founded in in truth and reality. And what was right. interesting is um, MRSA was the big thing in 2009, and I was looking at the protocols and what they were before 2009 and how some people were starting to make changes to their protocols. 2014 was Ebola, and I looked at how then it ramped up because we went from general disinfectants to hospital-grade disinfectants. Now we're 2020 talking about COVID-19, 
And now I'm starting to see in their electrostatic sprayers, no-touch cleaning, cleaning multiple times a day. Um, so every time that you look at these, and you mentioned Southwest Airlines, they now are saying that they're using a hospital-grade disinfectant six hours in, in their cleaning process. They're doing six hours a night, and they're using HEPA filter filtration in the airplane. You didn't see this in 2009 or even 2000. No, no. And uh, it's a realization that um, you need, you know, because a hospital-grade disinfectant uh, will only get, get you um, – it's not even tested against viruses. It's tested against bacteria, uh, Pseudomonas aeruginosa, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Salmonella, I believe, or no, it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, that's, anyway. that's, that's, that's where I was told the other day, my computer brain is too full. That's not an old person's problem. <laughs> it's a know. recall. <laughs> it's a recall problem. I got too much in my mind to recall all of the information. It's in the file drawer somewhere in my brain. I just can't figure out which drawer it's in. But anyway, uh, the point is that it's not tested against viruses to be a hospital-grade disinfectant. And that extra step would be looking for something on the label that's, that is talking. Now, we can't compare this novel virus uh, COVID-19. It's a novel virus because it's novel because we've never seen it before. It's a new strain. And so that's why disinfectant manufacturers have rushed to get their uh, disinfectants on the EPA list that just came out March 5th, which was last week, and uh, came out and listed those disinfectants that it's a uh, if you go to the EPA pesticide website, uh, a list of uh, it's a list of different organisms and what disinfectants have a label claim to make. Um, and so the newest list is uh, N list, N as in uh, novel. <laughs> and uh, so look for the end list and you'll see the disinfectants that can make that claim on their label now. Now, and the thing you would want to also do, Daryl, is continue to look at it because that's going to continue to be updated as more and more manufacturers get their primary products listed. Exactly. But the point is that um, if you don't have one of those disinfectants on the end list, then you should be looking for uh, because this virus is an enveloped virus. So on the scale of easy to kill to hard to kill, it's an easy to kill virus. And because it's an enveloped, it means that that envelope is susceptible to disinfectants and to heat. And uh, so it is a fairly weak virus. So if you go with a uh, product that has an influenza A, B, norovirus. Norovirus is, is one of those benchmarks as a hard virus to kill on surfaces. So Much, much uh, harder than this. Yes, much harder than this, uh, this particular uh, virus. And so I think that, that we have to arm ourselves with the best um, weapons out there to uh to be effective and that um you know it's you know we talk about disinfectants but you and i know and we talked about it on our 
our, on our webinar is uh, you have to have the protocol, the right protocol, you have to have the right frequency, and you have to verify that what you're doing in your daily routine of processing surfaces is uh, effective. And so that's, that's more important to me than the disinfectant is. So the thing is, is what we need to do is we need to assess the risk factors that we're actually putting ourselves in. So, you know, I'm going to fly on a plane on Wednesday going to Chicago. <clears throat> we're presenting the Rockstar program. <clears throat> and, and the thing here is, is do I need to be wearing a mask? Do I need to be wearing rubber gloves? Do I need to, you know, watch every single thing? Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. I'm just saying assess the risk to me as an individual, knowing my health issues, I'm not going to grab hold of the magazine that's in the front, in the pocket right in front of me. If I do grab the tray to put it down, I'm probably going to have a wipe in my hand, so I'm not touching the tray. I'm not going to touch the, the seat arms unless I absolutely have to. And if I do, I'm going to use something as a barrier between my hands and that. Does that mean I'm not going to breathe? Well, I think I'm going to breathe. Do I wear a mask? The only reason I'm going to wear a mask, if I were, is to simply not touch my face the 19 times an hour that you said. There you go. You've got a plan, and I think um, – I, you know, I just have a problem with people expecting our government to solve a problem that's a personal issue. And you being uh, as germaphobe minded as you and I are, uh, we know that we have to take personal responsibility for protecting ourselves and don't depend on someone else, a company, a government, uh, you know, your employer to protect you you do what's right to protect yourself and um, stay safe well you know and, and the point of this podcast that we're doing today with you daryl uh you know i'm not at my uh office i'm at my home office i'm working remotely i can do this at either place nobody's going to miss me if i'm not sitting in my office recording this webinar because nobody else will be there so i think you're also seeing a number of people that are doing this and and as a point of that here at the Academy of Cleaning Excellence, we have virtual classes, and it's something we've been putting out and we've been doing for quite some time, a few people here and there, but last week we sold three virtual classes. Now, I don't know if that was because of what's going on or it was because there was the opportunity, because a gentleman called me and said, I'm in Chicago. Do I have to fly to Orlando to get this class? I go, no, you don't, and I gave it to him, and I mean, within an hour, he was buying a virtual class. I think this is the difference, and I think this is going to affect a lot of things long-term past this initial thing that we're going through. We were looking at China you uh, a little bit ago, Daryl, uh, where it's plateaued and the amount of recovered. Uh, do you have any updates on that that you want to talk about? Well, in China, the... Uh I don't know if we can trust the information coming out of China, but it looks uh, as of today that the virus, probably the spread of the virus stopped at about 100,000 uh, probably last 
at the end of February, it had already plateaued. Now, around the world, it seems to be um, climbing, but the number of recovered, well, let me look at the total confirmed. Now, this is people who have been tested and confirmed around the world as of today is 111,363. The total number of deaths is 3,892. But when you compare the total number of deaths to those that have recovered, have been tested and have recovered from the virus, the number of recovered is uh, well over 62,000, while the number of deaths is about 3,900. So that turns out to be a 0.06% uh, mortality rate of those that have been, you know, tested and positive and have recovered 62,000, but the total confirmed cases around the world is still at, at just 111,000. And, you know, you were talking a while ago about the 1918 uh, Spanish influenza. Well, there was a worldwide pandemic and we're both old enough to remember this in 1968. And, uh, there was over a million people that died around the world. It was called the Hong Kong flu. And uh, so that's within my lifetime. You know, it's 50 or 60 years ago, but, uh, you know, I remember it. And, um, but, <clears throat> you know, so we, we haven't even approached a million deaths. And so I think that there's just a lot of fear out there. And you, you talked about, you know, about every five years, you know, the news media comes up with something that's going to kill us all. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I, I think they, they practice this. And, and I'm not poking fun at them because we need to be vigilant. And I do not mean to diminish what is going on in the world, but we have to be uh, vigilant. We have to be proactive in our own health and protecting our families. But beyond that, you know, we, we have to um, turn the news off a little bit more. Well, I think this goes back to the businesses that uh, that we're in and the, the people that are listening to this podcast are basically going to be in the cleaning profession. Right. So, folks, uh, you know, I'm going to the Clean Buildings Expo here I will be speaking on the 16th. We have the Rockstar program on the 17th. We're going to be in a conference. You know, we're going to be around a lot of people, just like you said, Daryl, where you were last week. You know, the conference isn't shut down. We're cleaning professionals. We know what to do. Here it is. We know the protocols. We know the things. And it's just as you and I have been talking mainly today about what we can do to self uh, mitigate. And I, I, I hear this self-isolation stuff, but what you and I are talking about today is mitigate, mitigate the circumstances that, that we're put into. Don't, it's not go get into that glass bubble and, and say, I'm not going to touch anybody. Realize that when you go, you've got to think a little bit differently. And I think that's what's going to come out of all of this. Um, I was talking with Sean about floors uh, last Monday and we were talking about the overuse of highly toxic, aggressive disinfectants. And what we're going to see as a result of this eight to nine months from now on the floors. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier in this podcast, Daryl. You were using alcohol-based hand sanitizer for a couple of days. Your hands started cracking and everything. There's more issues that can now happen because of that. 
what Sean was worried about, or still is, is that we're going to overuse highly toxic disinfectants, ruin floors, and now you've uh, now broken down the surface of the floor, and we're going to see more issues because of that. Um, if people don't wake up, what are we looking at here as far as what we can do? Well, there's, I think there's a silver lining behind these. Uh, although the Ebola thing that uh, never really materialized in this country back, you know, five, six years ago, um, you know, that there were lessons learned from that. We learned about PPE and the importance of proper uh, doffing, you know, taking off the PPE because nurses were contaminating themselves as they removed the PPE. So, you know, we, if there is a silver lining, we learn from each one of these. And, you know, hopefully that we, we don't take these lessons learned and uh, just forget about them when the crisis has passed. But, you know, you and I have talked um, ad nauseum about the need to certify our cleaning professionals to a certain level so that not only are they uh, doing a proper job of processing, you know, these surfaces that they are uh, charged with, but they're protecting themselves and others and uh, not taking things home to their family. So there's an occupational risk to being on the front lines of uh, cleaning and disinfection. We need to certify those people that are knowledgeable about disease transmission, how things get around, and uh, why it's important that what we do is not just cleaning toilets and mopping floors, but it's uh, saving lives and uh, creating that healthy environment. And if the if the environment is kept at a healthy level, then uh, you know one of your favorite sayings is a building might be clean but not sanitized, but if it's sanitized, it is clean. And so we need to, to put that, uh, the cart behind the horse and quit cleaning just for appearance sakes and clean for, for health and uh, the health of ourselves and others. Daryl, uh, we are on this podcast uh, sponsored and powered by Gym Supply. They've been improving lives with cleaning supplies since 1930, and we appreciate their sponsorship and uh, powering the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. Daryl and I uh, have a number of different programs that we have put together. On April the 2nd, we will be doing a national simulcast broadcast of our accredited infection prevention course. You can go to the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. At the top in the header is a button to go to live courses. You can scroll through all the live courses that we have, find the one for April 2nd, sign up for that, and become an accredited infection prevention expert. And then that's, it goes to the certification you're talking about, Daryl. <laughs> um, additionally, you're working on a new course that we're going to hopefully get out here in the next few weeks. Uh, Daryl, you want to kind of give us a little idea what that is? Yeah, what's happening up in Seattle, Washington with that uh, senior living uh, environment where I think we're up to somewhere around 19 deaths or I don't know what it is today in, in the U.S., but 
it's hovering around 30, but I think um, over 16 of those deaths have been in that one nursing home that has had issues in the past. And just uh, Mardi Gras, which was a couple weeks ago, this uh, nursing home had a Mardi Gras party and some of the healthcare workers were wearing masks because they knew that some of the residents had the flu. And they went ahead and had the party and everyone mingling and sharing food and, you know, touching things. And uh, so now it's a tsunami and, um, you know, they're having, they have sent 30 health professionals into this one nursing home to try to get this problem eradicated. But um, we are putting together a, a course about senior living, and this could be assisted living, but um, we want to give you the best information because here's an instance where uh, the CDC says on their website that over 380,000 seniors die every year in nursing homes from hospital-acquired infections. And this is MRSA, it's VRE, it's C. diff. It's not just the influenza, but we need to be more diligent about protecting our seniors. And so we're going to be putting together a course targeted towards uh, senior living facilities and the importance of uh, cleaning and disinfection there. And um, they're some of the lowest paid people in in the industry and you know it's just sad that uh, those cleaning professionals aren't equipped with the right education about the importance of their job roles and uh, but you know cleaning and disinfection is only one piece of the total picture there are no silver bullets out there but uh, it has to be part of whatever uh, protocols these facilities put together but they need to put more emphasis on and more dollars on the cleaning and disinfection. Well, one of the things that all of this has brought about, Daryl, is uh, something you and I talk about is bringing value to the profession that uh, has long given us our, our life. And uh, hopefully we can do our part by giving back some of that information. Daryl, we'll be looking forward to that uh, new course. And folks, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, stay in touch with us. We'll be uh, telling you when that's coming out. I will also tell you that just released this last weekend, we released the new uh, student transportation uh, protocol for decontaminating student transportation for K through 12 or any other type of buses. Uh, not public transportation, we geared this specifically for student or if you will, pupil transportation. As I said, uh, the history of how we've changed and what we're doing and some best protocol there, it is available on our online campus uh, for you to purchase today. So go there and get that. Um, Daryl, I think one of the last things I wanted to go over here before we leave on this podcast today was assessing a risk. I mean, uh, all of these things, we've got to assess the risk of where we're at. And uh, we've noticed so far that babies, toddlers, and the young have not died from the COVID-19. They have been infected. They've been transporters. So the risk factor is not for the young at this point. It's for the old, the sick, the high risk. 
if you're in that category, our best advice is wash your hands with soap and water. <laughs> Stay safe and, uh, you know, clean hands, touching clean surfaces is the key. And um, so... Uh, stay safe and uh, be proactive in your own health care. But um, if you have uh, an elderly parent uh, that is susceptible, as you said, to these respiratory issues of um, whether it's, you know, the chronic asthma that, that you suffer from or emphysema, um, you know, the congestive heart failure, they're at more risk, uh, higher risk, they get the same virus that everyone else does, but uh, their body is already set up. And I really look at uh, the people that are on chemotherapy and they have no immune system. My um, daughter-in-law's father uh, is on chemotherapy, going to start this week. And uh, I really worry because he's in a rehab center and I really worry about his health um, in the future. So um, we, we have this, uh, subset of our population that is uh, at much higher risk and they need to be um, cared for in a very uh, clean environment and um, you know so as you said wash your hands and if you touch something then uh, don't touch your face you know that's that's the takeaways today 19 times an hour i'm going to have to think about that when i'm on the plane uh, wednesday daryl how many times like let's see i think that that plane flights uh, two and a half hours i have to see if i can keep down that 19 that would be like uh what nearly 45 almost 50 times and a flight daryl what a challenge but this is a challenge that we face and the thing is is it isn't anything we shouldn't know all the time and i think that's the proactive part you know, we always say here on this podcast, healthy, positive, and proactive. The positive measures that I can do, that I can do in a proactive way to take care of my health is what we're talking about, folks. Um, any last words before we leave, Daryl? Nope. Thank you for the opportunity, and uh, stay tuned because uh, there's more information coming, but this is your source for um fact and not fiction and uh, education, not emotion. Folks, we appreciate your time to listen to Daryl and I on this podcast today. As you know, we don't have any regular scheduled time for a podcast. Whenever somebody has something that is healthy, positive, and proactive, we want to hear and talk about it. Daryl, thank you. I think this is actually the first podcast that we've been on. We've yeah. done a number of different things, but now you've done a podcast with us. We'll have to have you do this more often. <laughs> I'll put that on my resume. Good enough. Thanks, okay. folks, for listening, and we'll be Thanks, back with Dave. you next time. We're out of here for today.